everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 177 for the week of Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Scott Turner, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, uh, Paul Jackman, uh, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator, Nader, Gangi, and Pop-Up Makerspace, and Wesley Treat. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. That pre-recorded intro was not uh, <laughs> live. That was from last week because we're actually we're actually light one Reclaimed Audio member this week. Um, I'll let you guess who. What's going on, Bill? Oh, you know. <laughs> Um, just uh, just chilling after the family visit, and I was going to say we are light one, and it would be the lightest of the three of us. I don't think anyone's going to notice. It, well, he is tiny; he's petite. So how would he, he's kind of unnoticeable, really? <laughs> I hope he listens to this too. <laughs> okay, so so we first off we want to apologize for being late this week because um, well we were waiting for Phil and he. Stood us up, left us at the prom, <laughs> and so here we are recording at daylight. He got busy with work and whatnot, so we're doing this without Phil this week. Um, I'm going to say because this is a public forum that we'll miss him, and um, that's about it. So uh, before we get started, though, and I ask you what you're up to, since that was a previously recorded introduction, I just grabbed last week's intro, right. and we have an, another Patreon person to mention in that list that was not mentioned because they came in after that was recorded and we would like to th- welcome our newest top Patreon supporter Lakeside Woodcrafter. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we really 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 appreciate anybody that wants to jump on board with Patreon, especially at like this guy was he 200 an episode something like that? I think $250 an episode something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, each so that's great. each is which right. I mean it was, you know, we we had more, I guess. If we could just get look, if we could just get some another of you ten to of do, you, right, or just twenty of you doing ten percent of the two hundred and fifty, that'd be fine. Yeah, that whatever. Oh, yeah, you can I'm also not- you can specify on your Patreon donation who you would like to be supporting, <laughs> <laughs> and we can work it out in the in the wash later too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like that idea. Okay. Um, hey, uh, since Phil's not here to drive, I guess I will. Uh, how was your week, Bill? What you been up to? So I had I had actually a productive and wonderful week. So the productive part was I've been saying I was going to redo the uh, lizard cage, and I did. I got that. Maybe I said that last. I don't remember. It's, I, I'm in a blur, and you'll hear why in a minute. But I think I got the lizard cage done. I also took, um, and I didn't film any of this, but I also took my bench top and redid it with a giant desk top like the top of a actual like industrial desk i made for my I bench i see it yeah and yeah, then uh, i had two other pieces that were skinnier and i made tables out of those to put in the house to set the new lizard cage on and the other one just as an, an accent so they're like six foot long 18 inches wide kind of cool looking um so yeah i got i felt fairly productive the shop is cleaned up a little bit and um 
After that, uh, Saturday, my daughter and all of her siblings, which would be five, and her parents came by for a few days. And I have been spending time with family and just enjoying the heck out of the world because they're uh, amazing and I love them. And we uh, did the, it was kind of a spring break trip for them. So they drove two days to get here because they had to stop in between because the, the age range was my daughter at 17 and then 14, 13, eight, three, and two. So that was not going to be a, a one-shot drive from Utah. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, plus, plus they had some car troubles on the way down. It, I'm imagining uh. how much fun they must have. But they got here. Uh, they stayed three or four days. We went to San Francisco. We went to the Redwoods. Uh, we had a dinner party with people that came and, and meet them. And so, Heidi Duke, thank you so much for bringing the entire Jones clan. And uh, I love all of them. And that's Lilla. Uh, Patton, Libby, Hannah, Spencer, and of course my daughter, Aspen, the light of my life. And uh, so that's what I did. How about you? <laughs> I want to I want to back up and, and, and dig into this a little bit. First off, I want to say how much I love like this age that like the the new nuclear family. You know, I just oh right because I'm a I'm a stepfather myself. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Madeline's not my biological daughter, and and uh, and so she you know and I'm used to that sort of mixed family and at first when I when I answered into that when I you know started dating my wife before we were married and I was a little hesitant about that I, I was like like you know like the stepdad and having to meet the the old dad and this and that and it was actually like really a very neat and interesting experience um and I'm I'm happy for you that you get to to do that to have this big like nuclear family kind of going on I, I just think this I think it's cool as heck because I feel like there's like someone like you is such an interesting influence that on on these kids that I didn't say good <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah, I just said interesting. interesting. <laughs> but you know what I mean? To just to, the opportunity to be involved with so many different types of people in the in the raising. Like they like they say back in the old days, it used to be the whole village that raised the child. Right, right. I, so, I, I gotta tell you, it's um I'm I'm absolutely blessed because I couldn't have asked for any any better of a relationship with all of these folks. They uh they refer to us as the bonus parents, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, we all of us, all ten, uh, eight, eight, nine, yeah, all ten of us. So Casey and I joined them for church on Sunday because they found a local church here that's in their uh, uh, denomination or whatever you call it. But we all went and had church, and then I mean, it's just it's just been fun. It's just like this giant family that I've inherited, and um, my step husband Duke uh, is an amazing <laughs> man, <laughs> and I, I really appreciate. Uh, uh, everything that he is and, and to watch him and, and uh, his wife, my ex-wife interact with their children. Uh, what? Wow. That's all I got to say that. And I don't know where two and three year olds get all the energy they have. I was telling you about that. It's like they are 120% go and then stop for five minutes and then they can go for another four or five hours and then stop for 10 minutes and then they go for another. It's, it's insane. If, if there was a way to upcycle some of that energy we could solve the world's energy problems right there. Seriously. Right. Unreal. Right. Unreal. Yeah, it's just it's just the the body running at maximum efficiency. You know? Literally like, I mean, running. Like, yeah. I mean yeah. we went we went to um we went to dinner and because we were a fairly big party, they put us in like the back section, so it was just us. Um and the two and the three year old were literally running laps 
while we were waiting for our food to come around this. Now, this room is about the size of my garage. So they just, you know, ah, as they were running laps until the food came, then they sat down, they colored, they ate and everything. As soon as that was all done, they got up and they ran laps again. And I'm just like, oh, I mean. <laughs> now, now, did they have a hotel or did they stay with you? No, they stayed at the house. So we had. Um, oh, my God. So you didn't get a break. You were no, like. Yeah, but it wasn't that bad. I mean. Uh, Mom and dad were in a spare bedroom. Aspen was in a spare bedroom by herself. And then the, the bigger kids and the little kids just kind of plopped down on couches and air mattresses, when, you know, whenever it happened. Yeah. I saw um, Hercules, uh, some little tiny people that have ninja powers that look like mushrooms. I saw, I, I mean, I watched a whole bunch of things I didn't know existed. No Bugs Bunny. I mean, this was all new new to me animation like kids shows so that was on Mm. 60 inches constantly and then uh yeah so it was fun (laughs) (laughs) well that's awesome it was um cool what have i been up to you ask phil (laughs) (laughs) well no if you don't bring it up i'm gonna remind you because i'm excited about something that you just got going on but go ahead you'll probably mention it um I forget your new hookup with a, a guy that makes felt um, picks. Really? Oh yeah. Did you see that music road? Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't going to, I forgot about that already. That was just this morning. I got the package last night. This guy, Daniel, he emailed me, you know, he's a member of the maker community and he's been right, starting right. this, um, this uh, business of, uh, you know, making uh, guitar accessories or selling guitar accessories and designing them and, and whatnot. And so they, I just got a care package, a couple of nice guitar straps and um, some picks and some felt picks um, which I've always wanted to try. I was messing around with them a little bit today. They're generally used by ukulele players, and um, I well, that's what he says on the packaging, and I had never heard of that. I always uh, had always heard of bass players using them to be somewhere in between, like finger picking the bass and, right. and then picking with the pick, because like there's like this whole thing in the world of bass about whether you should or shouldn't use a pick, blah blah wolf, you know whatever. You do. I've do I've, s- I've seen okay. some comments on one, yeah. a couple of your videos where you got teased for using a pick on a bass. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm an upright player. I don't care. You know, play the bass. Do whatever you want. You play with a, you know, play with a spoon. Who cares? If you make music on it and it sounds good, to do that then, you know. So, but anyways, uh, so yeah, I was messing around with it a little bit today. It was nice. Um, it was uh, a little. It's a little different. You know, it's kind of fun. But so that's music with a K road. Uh, Musicroad.com. So I just, uh, I just developed. Just met them. Really, you know. I mean, nice. besides seeing around the circles, um, what I've been up to is that spring is here. And so I've been doing a little bit of spring cleaning and reorganizing of my shop and, and my allergies are <laughs> in full spring mode, partly because of the weather and partly because of all the dust I've been stirring up. Uh, so I apologize if I sound like that. Um, the, uh, I, I actually, I, I took some stuff to the dump, which is like my least favorite thing to do, but I have things that I've been hoarding for years that have just never going to get used um a lot of I, I had in my storage bay a lot of old furniture that i just picked up that was like not worth fixing right but i use it for for storage you know it was like there's like a dresser that someone had painted pink you know and the, the side was missing off of it and it was missing a drawer but right. I, I used i kept i kept stuff in it you know for years and i just kind of realizing like i don't need this in my space anymore it's not efficient you know so i Took some stuff there. I took some metal to the scrapyard, made a few bucks there, which was nice. It really started to clean out, and I'm still in a disaster of cleaning that out. But the, the catalyst for this was um, I wanted to expand part of my shop. Uh, so I've been doing a little bit of shop 
reorganization, but basically I got my laser in last summer and um which is huge yeah it's it's huge huge. it's it's a it's i mean almost seven feet long with the extension thing on it and almost almost four feet deep so i it wasn't supposed to be that big i wasn't aware that it was going to be that big when i got it and so i ended up just putting it in my shop and just dealing with it but it really screwed up the feng shui so i i I got this idea to knock down this temporary wall that's in the back because I was thinking about where I was going to extend my shop. I was like, I have to extend the shop, but I wanted it to be warm, but I didn't, you know, in the winter because it's five, six months of the year. And, um, you know, and I, and I wanted to just kind of, and I just couldn't make up my mind. And I finally figured it out. If I knocked the wall out behind my wood burning stove and extended it back out that way about eight feet. So it's like an eight foot by eight foot addition that now the heat that would just be leaking through that wall, it's just going to kind of, you know, go back there and heat that space up, but I won't lose the heat in the other important areas. It's not like I'm going to be trying to blow heat far away. Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, and at first I was like, well, I'll just, I'll knock this wall out and I'll just move some of my tools back there that I, I don't use all that often, like the lathe and the scroll saw and stuff like that. But then I realized after I knocked the walls out, um, that it was like the perfect spot to put my laser because there's a window there I could vent it right out of and it just fits perfectly in this like eight foot nook. Um, so I made it like a laser area now and it's it's great. I love it. But, <laughs> and, oh, and then that also gave me the opportunity to, to change some stuff around. So I have some open space again. I, I took similar to your workbench. I had a um, some like melamine type. Right. It was a, a rack component unit from a TV station. It was um, 30 inches deep by five and a half feet. Uh, wide. I have two of them, and they were that 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 hard, hard, you know, like school furniture. Right, right, right. You know? So I made a, I made a desktop out of that. Um, just threw some two by fours under for legs, put it up against the wall. So now I've got a computer station. Instead of putting my computer on my guitar workstation, I got a place to put my computer. And I and I, I bought an extension cable so I can reach both the laser and the CNC. So I don't have to move it around every time I'm going from one to the other. Um, so I really like got this great organization going and I did do a little bit of upcycling, but <laughs> leading into our topic, <laughs> the, the wall that I took down is really just there to hold insulation, um, to keep the heat. And it the was shop. made of and not have a, and it was made of reclaimed materials. It was all made of old fence from a combination of fences, some from my property and some from my neighbor on the shop and some two by fours from some big pallets that were made by two by four by eights, like fence right, pallets. Right. Um, so it was, it was really, you know, it was like, like three feet on. Shall center. we say, shall we say janky? <laughs> janky would be the okay. word. It was, uh, you definitely didn't want to lean on no, this. It wall. was a part, it was a partition <laughs> more than it was a wall. Exactly. That's all it is, is a partition. And so I had this partition up just so I could stuff some reclaimed insulation in that I'd gotten. Uh, and then I hung a tarp on the back to hold the insulation in place. And it was just to keep heat in the shop and, and just divide the space, this partition, the heat in the space. So I knocked that all down and then I built these two new walls. But what I did is instead of reusing all that cedar, I ran to the box store and it was actually in one of my videos too. Someone commented on it. Like I started buying some material there, but I bought a whole bunch of two by fours and I bought a whole bunch of OSB and I, and I framed out two eight foot walls in a matter of like two hours and it cost me about a hundred bucks. And, and it wasn't like this pulling nails out of this old fence and digging through trash piles. And I got to admit, I kind of liked it. Okay. So- well, 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 hold on. Hold on. So Tim Sway, my inspiration for even being in the maker community, the guy I look up to the most in the world, you just went to the big box store, spent money and did it the easy way. Yes. I'm out. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, it's just me. Um, and I, <laughs> that's why Phil is in here. He's like, I'm done with that guy. Uh, it's it's I, I justified it to myself that I was making this more efficient space for energy and heat and, and also my time and this and that. But then I felt guilty at the same time. And so what right. I initially wanted to call the episode, we changed the name to The Dark Side, but it was Talk Me Down was I was kind of coming off of. It was like, I need to talk myself down off of like, well, because then I'm thinking, well, yeah, I could just go buy wood all the time. Right? I mean, why am I, why am I doing all this work? So I, so, I mean, talk I, think, me down. I, well, I think that's where we got to, we got to put reality back into it. Do you really think that your personality type would allow you to go that way? I mean, you know what I mean? So where's that I, line? Where's, where's that line that, that says, cause I, I get this question from people, uh, believe it or not on kind of a regular basis like well you know i i wanted to wait and try and look for this but i, I wanted to make this certain thing and i didn't have time and I, I just i had to go buy i had some materials that i'd be claimed but i had to go buy some or blah 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 blah, blah. it's like that's okay i think anytime you can you can interrupt that stream of of something that's going to be heading for the landfill anyway and do something with it even if it's once every 10 builds it's still better than nothing right right so, yeah, I, I mean, mean, but are you uh, are you an addictive personality? Is this going to be the end of Tim Sway as we know it? Are you going to be ordering from Lumber.com from now on? No, I, 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 I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to. Uh, no, no. I, I, but it was like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself as I'm doing it, like, well, should I have, like, found some alternative to, besides this OSB? Should I have picked through some more trash piles to find some used two by fours. And I, I'm not sure, you know, if I should have or not, because I was trying to balance the, the there's a, there's a footprint to everything. Right. And right. so there's a footprint to my energy, you know, and like, granted I'm driving that, that smaller truck now. So my footprint driving around hunting for stuff is a lot smaller, but there's still a footprint to that in my time and everything. And I'm part of this. The reason I needed to do this is to make things more efficient because I'm falling behind, you know? So I was like, well, I can justify buying this new material, because it's going to help me save more old material, right? No. Consider you to be on the, the extreme side of really trying to reduce your footprint. You are like the reclaimer. People really can get the most probably honest advice. Well, I'm a zealot. Me. You know, I, I've I always been a zealot. Should I go to the store and buy this as opposed to doing this? And you're going to answer them honestly. You're going to say, yeah, save that time and energy. Don't drive halfway across, <laughs> you know, your, the state to pick up some wood that, you know, that's going to, you know the balance better than anybody and then you got guys that's like phil and phil is just really um he's he's a hobbyist mm -hmm. mostly but he's really just doing it to save a few bucks and he wants i mean and he wants you know he likes reclaiming there's an aesthetic right, that there's he's an selling, aesthetic that he likes know, and everything yeah. um and then i'm kind of in the middle i'm i'm trying because of of casey to to be more green so to speak um but at the same time i really enjoy Reclaiming. I really enjoy making things out of nothing. I like taking garbage and creating something that somebody goes, ooh, ah. I mean, so there's a lot of ego in it for me as well. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is a big part of it. I like the, I, I, I like this, the idea of turning something, you know, from nothing. And I like the, I like the challenge of the limitations and the black and white and one other color and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, and so I, I guess when I, when I came up on this wall, I actually, I went in and I, I grabbed a, like a couple hundred dollars going into the box store. And this, this is where this, this topic triggered because I figured I needed to buy five sheets of OSB. I need to buy all these two by fours. Like, I just, I don't do that all that often. Right. Like, I can't remember the last time I bought. So you didn't even know it didn't like, cost that much. 
I had, I mean, I, I knew that OSB wasn't expensive, which is why I was using it. Cause I was saying I was, you know, and I knew the two by fours are only a couple bucks, you know, but I was just thinking like, I have to buy, I have to build enough for two walls. And so I, I, I did the math roughly in my head. I think I had a couple two by fours left over right. and, um, and I, and then I, you know, I get up and she's like $98 and 40 cent. I'm like, I'm like, what like, <laughs> i've been out here like a sucker like, all this time like rooting through garbage files that was like the first thing that popped in my head did you instantly but, um, look over at the tools section to see what you can spend that extra hundred bucks with <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i did it i tried the, the i don't know if they're all like this but in my home depot there's a tool corral yeah, it's like yeah. they kind of you know and i i like that it's like that because then it's like you can't just walk through it you know <laughs> you can't just like you, gotta, you can't just like you gotta make it through the right. tool on your way to the yeah, no. you got to you got to do a UE to get out. <laughs> no, mine mine's open, so I can justify walking through the tool section to get to any other part of the store. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. No, it's a, it's a good location where they have it because you kind of kind of walk by it right. no matter where you're going. It seems, but it's a dead end, so you you have to do the loop. And so I'm like, ah, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so it, uh, I, you know what? This is interesting. So seriously, what would you consider? Have you ever met somebody that you think is a wasteful maker? I mean, somebody who's just going out of his way or her way just to be wasteful, like buying a, like, you know, a slab of redwood to make a coaster. You know what I mean? And then throws the rest away. <clears throat> Did you ever, do you remember that Bugs Bunny? I think it was a Bugs Bunny cartoon where they put a log on a lathe and they spun a toothpick. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that there's that guy. It's that guy. That's the only guy I know. But I, I think that by, I mean anybody that's doing this for a living, right? Um, even if you're not doing it for a living, but you're you're investing in material, you know, whether it's your time for collecting it, your gas for driving around looking for it, or you know, or money, you know, at a lumber yard, you're investing in material. So I don't think anybody is actually specifically wasteful. No, um, that I've met for sure. I mean, I'm sure they're, you know, and, and it looks that way on the outside when you look at industry. And you see, like, oh my God, look at all the stuff you're throwing away. But it's like, what you don't realize is how much they're not throwing away. Yeah. Like, and how, you know, how they've worked it down to like they've come. Well, this is the this is this the unnecessary loss, you know, or the necessary loss, you know. Yeah. No. No. I I, uh, I remember. Go ahead. Uh, I just really quick. I remember when I did uh I did the, the TV show, um, a bunch of years ago, mm-hmm. and the the guy that was the host of the show, he had showed he was a like a designer artist guy, you know. Um, and, and he wasn't working with reclaimed. He was, you know, an outside thinker, a very creative guy. And he was showing me this chair they designed, and it was cut from these big blocks of foam, mm-hmm. like this really dense foam, like that they make furniture out of. And there were these like really funky shapes. And I guess the foam comes in like eight foot by eight foot cubes. Okay. And they have some kind of big like cutter that cuts them. And so he had three D designed this cube. So they cut all these really funky shaped chairs out of this cube, and there was like virtually no waste. They, they're all designed so it was like a big puzzle that got cut out and I just I remember like seeing that going oh that's really cool and he's saying yeah we, we worked for months on this to make this so there's like no waste and I just thought why don't you just cut a bunch of rectangles <laughs> but that's, that's a sidebar yeah, yeah. no I, I mean uh, we I think you know, whether you use reclaimed or not if you're a woodworker if you're a welder you know and you're and you're making your living you gotta you gotta get your system down to where you are minimizing the the waste you know what i mean it's 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 almost natural so it's not yeah i don't i don't think there's anybody like that either i've never met anybody who's just like oh i'll go buy a sheet of plywood because i want to cut a little 10 by 10 and then i'm going to throw the rest in the garbage i don't know anybody like that you know even if they're not reclaimers people just don't do that 
take our take our buddy Dan Harju, like he runs you know the country bed yep. shop. And you know, here's a guy like to guys like us, and we see his scrap pile, and we're like, "Oh my god! Like, look at that! That's choice stuff." But he doesn't throw it away. He doesn't have time to deal with those pieces because they don't work into the product that he's making. For for a pen turner, there's you know months of right, right of work there. But for for him making these beds, there's just nothing he can do with that wood. And he doesn't. He's not a hobbyist. He doesn't have the time to putz around and create new things out mm-hmm. of it. So he just sells it for like pennies on the dollar to guys like us, so we can scarf it up. And that's something that you know, like. I, I see that as, you know, being a good way for guys like us to get materials too and still kind of stay true to the ethos of, right. of reclaimed. It's not that Dan's ever going to throw it away. No, but I, I mean, it's, it's, it is the, technically waste. The, the, you know? the maker community, I've seen that where people are paying it forward constantly with materials. In fact, jokingly, uh, Mitchell Dillman posted something today where he just finished this big table and, and the guy is like a nonstop hundred miles an hour. But anyway, he posted something in one of the groups. It's like, hey, I just finished this big old uh, log table. Here's my next project. And he shows these giant square cut live edge that he's going to make a mantle out of. And he's all, you can see the lightning strike on this piece of lumber. And that's oh, what it, no way. Yeah. So it was like, he's he's like the ultimate nature reclaimer, right? Because he's going from wildfires, yeah. lightning strikes. And so I was teasing him. I'm like, you know, hey, Mitch, if, uh, if a... If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to uh, hear it, are you going to make a stool or a rocking log out of it? Just, <laughs> just messing with these all. Luch, you need logs. I got logs, man. Do you need logs? Yeah. So I mean, it's like the, the communities yeah. out there. It's it's really tough, I think, to be wasteful in this day and age. Yeah, I, I feel like you do have to work at it, you know. Um, which brings me to something that I've been thinking about a lot lately too, and and. Uh, leaning towards this like locally mm-hmm. milled and locally felled stuff there's you know there's all sorts of trees like right on the property where you know my shop is that are falling and dying mm-hmm. and, and need to come down and stuff and like i don't have a mill and it might be in my future who knows but um you know and then there's the, this um uh city bench this local place that i've been buying some why i bought the walnut off of them for the table and you know they, that's what they do they cut down these local you know trees that are like the ones that are in people's yards that normally a tree cutter is just going to chop up into firewood because it's complicated right. to take them down as as boards, you know, um, in city properties and stuff. But they go and they put the extra work in, and now they have the stuff that was from my neighborhood, you know, kind of like the barn, which is also from the neighborhood because that's all they did when they built the barns. They clear cut the lot. And, uh, and so, like, uh, you know, versus, like, if you go to the reclaimed lumber yard, you're buying stuff from all over the – for me, all over the eastern seaboard. Like, oh, this came in from Maine. Right. This came in from North Carolina. It's like, well – now I might as well just go to the lumber yard. Like we got the same footprint, you know, it's like you guys are, it's like this whole commodity where, so like, I'm really trying to stay local. Well, that's, you know, it's funny. Well, that's a, that's actually a resource if people have it. And I, we probably mentioned this before, but if you drive around your neighborhood and you see those guys cutting trees down, ask them, ask them if you can have part of that, because they're either going to throw it in the back of that giant grinder. That's going to make sawdust out of it, or they're chopping it up and, you know, just small pieces to take it somewhere. So if you see whether it's the city that uh, that you live in, you know, the city workers out there cutting down trees locally, go ask them for stuff. I know for the airport that I work at, within a uh, three-mile radius, I think it is, trees can't be so high. So we had to go around uh, to the neighbors that live close to us 
And we had to pay to have these giant redwood trees cut down because they'd just gotten too big over the years. And then we also had to pay to plant, you know, to, to revitalize the area. We had to plant new stuff for them and everything. And, and that, mm. But I got a bunch of redwood like that because the, the company, the contractors that we hired to, to take those out, they're like asking anybody, hey, this is redwood. You want a big old giant redwood? And they're like 18, 24-inch round um sections of redwood that I made a bunch of stuff out of for Casey salon back in the day. And, you know, so, I mean, there's, that's, a, mm. that's an excellent resource. If, if you were thinking about it is follow the uh, tree cutters. I, I found that the, the one, one tree cutter guy, I know our kids are on the same softball team or whatever. Right. Um, I, when I first got into this sort of making and pallet hunting long before I had a pickup truck and stuff, I remember taking my station wagon down to his yard and, and he was like, if it's, if it's split, cause he sells firewood actually, buy firewood from it now which i find ironic (laughs) (laughs) but um you know but so basically if if the logs split it has value in it now because it's it's got the labor into but if it's a full if it's a full round Mm -hmm. like he's like he's like help yourself you can pick it up it's yours you know because they're heavy and that's the the one hard part about that is you know if you the tree cutter like if you say hey can you leave me an eight foot section so i can get yeah but now you gotta you can you know it has to be small pieces you just can't get the long boards you know yeah but uh, yeah, they they don't care, you know. So you mentioned it um, when you when you get in the mill. That's like that's the <laughs> natural evolution of what you should be doing. It it really is. It it, it would be. Um, it's something I've thought about for a few years. I just uh, I got other things that I'm I'm interested in right now, and there are other people that are doing it. Like you know you know what I found lately, just on Facebook Marketplace, there's like all these local people selling slabs. Oh. Because I think there was a. And they're like inexpensive. They, some of them are dry already and stuff. You know, the the wet ones are, are you know way less expensive. But um, so right in my town, there's a guy. He's got slabs for like seventy five bucks live edge. There you, you go. Know, eight feet long. Yeah. Why buy a mill? One of those slabs is going to make me six guitars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is you're trying you're trying to gear towards not needing slabs of wood anymore. You're look you're trying to gear yourself to making your business out of making guitars, which means you need a smaller. You don't need a giant slab right. right so i can go to the firewood guy right. and i can get the 24 the 24 inch long right slab you know cookies and and grab those um i actually i have a couple in my shop i grabbed uh last year i guess you know some stuff that i was and i have some cherry that a, a buddy dropped off um i was gonna start splitting into pretty soon it's still round so it takes a while to dry you know i didn't store it right or anything i just you know just put, threw it in there but yeah i've got i've got a few things like that laying around this part of like trying to clean out that shop yeah like i just i have like i save every every broken piece of barn wood that i buy because like i bought it you know what i mean if it's the palace and the stuff i get for free it's like eh, whatever burn it you know like the, you know you have the eight inch cut off you just throw it in the fire pile but when it's like that barn wood that you spent a few bucks of board foot on it's really tough to get rid of it and throw it in the scrap fire pile and you know it just gets to be overwhelming like i can't save it all <laughs> i i know that um once i get done with Casey's salon, which I'm I'm 98% done. Uh, Have you hung the door yet? No, I just wallpaper. Yeah, they're still they ordered samples of wallpaper, so I got to wait for them to mm-hmm. pick what wallpaper they want and then where it's going to go or not. But either way, I don't. I'm I'm dealing with the uh, guilt of still getting my neck material from the big box store because I can buy those hobby size little three foot boards that make perfect little, you know, all I need is an inch and a half. 
for my next, for the next yeah. on a cigar box guitar, it's an inch and a half, and then you can whittle it down to whatever. Uh, so I, I know there's a couple of places I can get stuff. I have made them out of pallet wood. I've made them out of plywood. I've made it out of different pieces of lumber that I've found. But when I don't have those, it's really easy just to go to the box store and get the the quarter inch thick stuff and then the other thicker stuff that I can use for fretboard in the in the neck body itself. You know, and they're cheap. I mean, I guess they're not if you price it normally, but I can spend I can spend ten bucks and get enough material to make my neck, right? To go on the, the cigar box, which is reclaimed technically. But mm-hmm. but I still have that guilt. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to to find a decent source of of uh you know without having i mean sometimes you get lucky and you find like an ash palette right right you know, right and then there you go it, like a nice like if it's um the stone yards mm-hmm. where they they sell like the stone pavers and and stuff those palettes are an inch thick right uh and they're usually ash or oak you know but but they have all that stone dust in them too that kill your blades i know and that's what i'm saying it's really <laughs> tough to be because i can use dimensional lumber without doing much cutting it's 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 inch and a half already yeah. it's an inch and a half wide that's all i need What's the length that you need for the for the um, next? Three feet will give me enough to where I can play with how I want to do the headstock and how deep I want to go. Do I want to go? All right, because you go all the way through the body. I, I either go all the way through the body yeah. or sometimes I don't. But, yeah, usually a 36 inches is more than enough. I'll have a little, you know, yeah. depending upon what scale I want to use. But yeah. And I love the, the poplar and the walnut. Uh, together and I mix them you know I use like the, the walnut for the top for the fretboard the poplar in between and then a little piece of walnut underneath that that little little hump that goes into the body so it's kind of a, a neat mm. look you know but yeah it, yeah it is a good look I just yeah I gotta I still gotta do a little bit more searching for some kind of a source because I feel guilty but not that guilty not when I can. It takes me 20 minutes to, or actually, I, I, there's, there's a big box store right next to the airport, so I don't even waste fuel. On my way home from work, I oh, can yeah. stop by. It's just boom. It's right I have, there. I have both of them. Yeah. Are, both of them are a mile from my house. Yeah. You know, so it's like never out of the way. It's, it's tough, man. It's, yeah. it's tough. It, it really is. And then especially when you see how yeah. little it really costs you, the, the few guitars that I've, I've sold them, from 150 to 300 bucks, and I'm really spending. 50 bucks in materials if I go to the big box store in total between the cigar boxes I, I buy those at the you know the cigarette stores and whatnot you know five ten bucks each uh, you buy the the hardware but everything costs me like 50 bucks now that I know what I'm doing and I can all right so now that the tables have turned then I can be disappointed in you <laughs> <laughs> now I'll tell you why you're wrong <laughs> go <laughs> um, it's because it's all about the story it is Everything, you know, when you're creating, and, and this is, when I built my walls in my shop, who cares about the story? They're a bunch of walls to keep the heat in, right? But it's what I make inside those walls. And I guess, like, I'm just realizing that now, and that's why I just ran to the box store, you know? But, um, but you know, when, you, when you're selling the project, like, what's going to separate your work from everyone else's? It's, it's, besides the craftsmanship, there's a lot of guys that are pretty crafty. It's the story. It's, yeah. it's what makes it unique and one of a kind. And, and you just... You just don't get that at a box store. No, and I agree. And that's why I, I do have a nice little... I have a little bit of a supply of different woods that I've gotten. Uh, one of the Maker Fairs, uh, I think it was last year, where I had everybody over at the house. I had this piece of wood. Nobody still identified it yet. You know, it's just this neat piece of speckly wood. And um, so I've, I've <laughs> still got some of that left. 
Um, but yeah. Is it Lacewood? Have you ever seen that? No. I don't know. I don't know what it is. No. It's, I had no idea what it is. But I had everybody. Everybody looking at it. Nobody could really identify it. So, those, Yeah, those are the best ones. <laughs> it's, it was the funnest one, but it doesn't make for the best guitar next. I can tell you that. It's not, it's not super strong. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, bendy. Believe it. Yeah. Or not. Yeah, it's weird. Speckly and bendy. I know. Huh. Huh. Yeah, usually the speckly stuff is harder. Mm. I don't know. What do I know? Maybe it's not real wood. Maybe bags. that's the problem. Maybe it's plastic, and I don't even know. It could be. It could be it's plastic. <laughs> yeah. You know what I have a piece of is um, I got it at the. It's like uh, what is that called? My Carta. Yeah. But it's it's not. It's some brain brain brand name of it. Um, and it's uh, but it's made. It's like an engineered product, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that. And I, uh, I got a piece of it at the the flea market. It's just like I use it for making nuts, um, like the on the guitar, right. you know. And jeez, uh, uh, I wish I remember what it was called. But it's uh, it's super dense, and you can smell the resin in it when you cut it a little bit and stuff. But um, but it's really cool looking because it looks more like uh, you can see the layers. Like you know how my card is some kind right. of just. Like you know, if they use all the same stuff, but it's got a little bit of color to it and like a almost like a grain to it when you start cutting, you know, shaping it and stuff. But, uh, almost like a stone, like yeah. a sill stone or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing I use for nuts a lot too is uh, Corey. Yeah, I have some sink cutoffs that were mailed from a, a listener or a viewer. I forget. Um, yeah, which is which is fun for that too. And then, then I was, <laughs> I have all these guitar parts I got from my buddy uh, uh, Jake, his um, his father who had passed away and made guitars. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I have this uh, like a, a the years later you know some some stuff is mixed in and so I have all these nuts when I'm setting up the guitar I'll put the uh, I'll just pull a nut out of this little bin and I'll put it on and I'll start setting it up and then I'll make a new nut for it right. that's just like kind of for the fretting so I found this I was working on a bass I found this nut put it on there and it's like it was like a little too high so I was just like oh I just go and sand it real quick and I started sanding it and I realized as soon as I started sanding it that it wasn't one of mine it was one of his because it was real bone. And I hate that smell so much. All I could smell the rest of the day was that bone. <laughs> you poor guy. I was oh, see. I was going to tell you. Um, I think Mark Lindsay turned me on to. If you want to make a bone nut, um, he buys these. I think they're either letter openers. They're something, but you can get them really cheap. And it's this big piece of nice bone that's just about the right thickness. So you just have to cut it to the right length right but i'm like you i'm thinking mm-hmm. like that is a good idea i use actually screws for you know i use screws for that yeah i like that I, but yeah. i was thinking that's a great idea but i hate the smell of burnt bone i do oh, it's terrible. i can imagine you being a, uh, a non-bone eater yeah, 20 20 something years of vegetarianism you know but I, I remember that even from 20 years ago when i i guess i was already a vegetarian then and i remember but i still i wasn't like as diehard and as convicted then but i remember buying bone because that's what that's what you did when you made guitars was plastic or bone like i remember like i'm like this sucks i was like there's got to be another way <laughs> then i started messing around with brass and and stuff like that and uh you know which is also works pretty well but it just has to be dense you know yeah yeah well so i think the um, moral okay. of the story is no you're not a heathen um well no you kind of are yeah you're screwed I mean, there's nothing to save you now so, <laughs> well, I I think it was just a a, a momentary lapse. Um, I got the shop back up and running. I actually have some some other plywood stuff that I'm I'm looking into doing. Uh, you know, for uh for YouTube and whatnot. Um, but uh, 
which is you know stepping out of character for me but i'm looking at it as uh kind of an interesting uh learning and growing experience so i'm willing to take a bite for that <laughs> and uh other than other than that um yeah i mean it's just it's just continue continue down this path you know definitely leaning more towards guitars but uh you know i think it's almost like even like like vegetarianism just because we're talking about that like i don't um i'm not so hung up on the labels like you know i used to like you know want to be a vegetarian or be called a vegetarian or whatever now it's just more about living local and eating local that's you know i don't really care about the label anymore so it's maybe the same for reclaiming i don't necessarily care it's like oh it has to be reclaimed it's just about what's what's local and environmentally sound you know yeah that's what i said i think i think ultimately you're just trying to make a difference trying to make an effort you know do a little bit try and do a little bit less of a footprint than you you are and if you make the effort a little bit it matters it really does we don't have to get 10 people to be the most green people on the planet i'd rather get the you know the 20 people that actually listen to us be a little bit green and that'll help so right because it's gonna it's gonna make a bigger dent, i guess Yeah. yeah And if it, even if it doesn't make a dent, at least you feel good about yourself in the process of not making a dent. <laughs> and you don't feel bad about yourself like I did the other day. Yeah. You know? And there's nothing I like better yeah. than to feel good about myself. So <laughs> That makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good about myself making me feel good. Yeah. All right, do you want to just move on and do a little bit of a shorter podcast this week since we don't have Phil to interrupt us? Yeah. And kind of plow through yeah, this? Yeah, we'll plow through. We'll plow. I've actually got, um, I've got something I've been paying attention to. Uh, I might have said it before, but it's worth saying again. Wait. But I'm going to stop we because do that, you're saying wait. I'm saying wait because uh, we would normally do the review, the review right oh, now. Oh, but unfortunately, we don't have any reviews to review. Which is why so. your podcast is shorter, people. <laughs> so I'm going to throw it back on you. Oh, what a great parent. <laughs> so, so it's not our fault for wrapping up early and it's not because phil isn't here it's because you didn't write a review the review my favorite segment of the show Oh, absolutely absolutely so so we don't have one for you this week but hopefully we'll have one next week um the more you berate phil for missing a week the better absolutely um, maybe i could make one up maybe that i could like right now just ad lib one okay go ahead all right uh so this one is from the paper folder uh, at, at paper folder CNC. I don't know, maybe he's a, one of those guys. Anyway, it says, uh, Tim and Phil, I really enjoy the fact that you guys do these podcasts. Um, but Phil, you're welcome to not show up. When it's Tim and Bill, the, the flow seems to just go better. Please don't be offended. I'm just trying to help you grow. <laughs> it's more, more I, oh, I see it now. It says more efficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah more, yeah. Efficient. more efficient. So, anyway, the CNC guys. Thank you, the, paper the cutter folder CNC. Uh, five star. That's all that really matters. Hmm. See? Yeah, I follow him. Yeah, I follow him. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Let's. Andy, um, uh, and he said he's uh, he's going to be a patron for fifty bucks an episode. For every episode that Phil's not on. Yeah, yeah. everyone. Yep. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but before you now we have one other segment do we do the tip before or after the i don't remember you know what dad's not here we can do what we want we can do whatever we want yeah. i don't care i do what i want um okay uh well we also have our our little tip segment and it is my turn this week because phil's not here i think it was actually phil's turn uh this is one i went to the the second hand store and i bought uh I know it sounds gross, but I don't think it is. I bought a, a yoga mat for five bucks, and it's like five feet long, 
like two feet wide, and it is the best thing to lay on your bench for sanding, for gripping, mm-hmm. uh, for working on something that doesn't want to get scratched. It is the best, the best like mat to throw down on your bench, and it was five bucks. Okay, and it's it's like it. It's not gross, I don't think. No, it's not. Uh, if you're I mean, worried about it, you can take a can of Lysol and just spray the heck out of it. Uh, it's yeah. not gross because you said you're using it to lay on top of your workbench to sand. Now, if you say, I went and bought this yoga mat so I can take a nap in the corner of my shop, that would be, <laughs> that might be a little bit ew. But no, that's that's yeah. actually a pretty good tip. I like that. Yeah, I thought it was a great sanding mat. Because, you know, what I used before the sanding, or before the yoga mat was one of my floor mats right those, you know squishy tiles you put down mm-hmm. and i figured like that's way more gross than <laughs> yoga mat like the off the off because it was like i would get a new shop mat and i put the old one up on the bench you know and i was like oh this is yoga mat's like way better than that and we can we can make uh anybody that does yoga mad right now by saying besides nobody sweats doing yoga that's just sitting there so <laughs> I guess, that's not real exercise yeah, that's not real exercise that's just an excuse to go hang out with your friends gee whiz <laughs> okay. all right well good tip uh what do you tip. got uh for me it's um uh I've mentioned Joe Rogan before, but Joe Rogan is so big. Anybody that has a podcast that wants to get bigger, if they're lucky enough, they get on his. And this guy is a physics professor here in California. His name is Sean Carroll. Um, He's uh, got a a podcast name called Mindscape. But because what he wants to do is he talks to other people, and it can be about anything, not only – not only physics, like what he does, which I love. It's so interesting to me. I mean, all the way down to the, you know, physics and the little microphysics and the big and the quantum and all that. But he talks to people about, you know, economics, or he might talk to somebody about making. I mean, he has different, you know, uh, writers on his podcast. Check out Sean Carroll's Mindscape. Uh, he really just wants to have the opportunities. Oh, look, my job is physics and teaching and doing all this. So I'd like to have a, a platform where I can have somebody else that's on that. Maybe they build boats and I want to talk about how we can build boats or maybe they. So Sean Carroll's Mindscape. It's a great podcast. Uh, check it out. And he's just he, when he does talk about physics, he makes it so you can understand. It. You feel like you're not being left behind, you know, so I love that part about it, too. So that's cool. that's what I got. Excellent. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Um, I don't have a specific media thing to recommend. I heard about this on a podcast, and I don't remember which podcast, but um, there was I, when I was doing the research, I got fascinated in it for a couple couple minutes. Um, <clears throat> There's a guy back in the uh, like kind of World War II era. His name was Charlie Bliss, and he created a language called Bliss Symbols, and it's one word with two s's so b-l-i-s-s-y-m-b-o-l-s if you want to google it bliss symbols or just type in charlie bliss language um and his his theory was that he was actually he was held in concentration camps Mm. uh during world war ii and um and they would play this uh the the hitler speeches through the camp and um and all the rhetoric and the you know know, the the propaganda whatever you want to call it and uh and he 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 was listening to this the language and he was multilingual like he spoke several languages and and, um and he just kind of started thinking about how maybe a lot of the problems in the world were uh because of this language and the and the hate and that these words can carry and this and that so he he wanted to create a universal language that didn't use language and there's a lot of i know there's a lot of 
flaws in this theory. <laughs> like, it's not, I'm not saying that this guy solved the world's problems, but um, I mean, like, for instance, I don't really even know how you would speak this language, <laughs> you know, which is a key element of language. But he, so he created this symbol system, and it was um, it was so basic, like it was just these very basic symbols, like a, almost like a nine by nine grid, and the different locations of lines and dashes and stuff. It was like picture based, almost like uh, ancient or not ancient, but Chinese languages and stuff. So he created this whole system, and nobody could care less about it for a bazillion years. But then there were some doctors in Canada, or nurses rather in Canada, that were working with special needs children that had no means to communicate, and they they were able to use this language for these these kids that were no kidding. Like, severely. Yeah, and so they were able to now, for the first time in their lives, like communicate basic needs. So um, is this through using these symbols? So is it a sound that they're using, or they're just the pictographs? Pictographs, all like pictographs. So they could they could say like if they were hungry, they could draw this picture hungry because they they didn't have the the cognizance right. to to form words and and stuff. But it was just like it was just really interesting just to thinking about this this level of communication. So I, I got kind of into it for like I said for a few minutes and was looking it up which then led me down the rabbit hole on the internet of other pictorial languages that people have been messing around with and I just got fascinated by it so I thought someone else might might find it interesting too awesome I like that it's uh it's, yeah. and, it's and I'm just I'm really yeah I'm really uh, well then it gets weird too because then he ends up suing <laughs> well so much for that I wish I could remember the podcast I heard this on he ended up suing the lady but it was it was this whole story he ends up suing them because the, the language, the whole idea of this language is that it couldn't have a dialect. Um, so you, like, you, you couldn't create your own shorthands or you couldn't create your own dialect because then that's how new languages form. That's how clicks form. It's all about, like, reducing clicks, you know, and, and all that stuff. And uh, so, but, so these doctors, they, they were developing a language to modify for their needs in the hospital working with these kids. And so they were, they were making changes, and he was got just really upset about that. Ended up taking him to court. And they, they ended up paying a fine to use the language the way they wanted or whatever. It's this whole story. But so the whole time, he's like this really old man by this time. <laughs> he's going to court. Now he's all get off uh, my lawn and so give me my pictures back. And so he's sitting he's sitting in this courtroom, like across from this this head nurse at this hospital that's doing all this great work for kids with this language that he created that really changed lives. Right. And he's like suing her for like a hundred grand, you know, just some, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and then when they would be on break, uh, he would be like, "Hey, can you help me take my medicine?" Because he's like a feeble man, yeah, no one And so she was a nurse, and so she's like, "Yeah, sure, what the heck, you know." So like, it was even though in court they were like battling, like outside of the courtroom they were still very amicable, right. and like she was like helping him to the bathroom and stuff. So I remember years ago, um, if anybody's familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, blah blah blah. Well, this guy, the the author J.R.R. Tolkien, he wrote um, languages for all the different characters in his book so he wrote elvish he wrote uh, orcish you know he's got actually got written languages for these things and some if i remember right this was a long time ago somebody took and they spoke the elvish language and they made like tapes out of it to where you would sleep it or to listen at night when you go to sleep and they're saying just because of the the lilting what was it you know, somehow it's such a beautiful sound, a beautiful language that the, the spoken word can be, even if you don't understand it, can cause you to feel rested and relaxed. And it was, it just reminded hmm. me of that. So, but they, he, they, they probably got sued too. Who knows? Another, another real fake language is Klingon, which has been, that's turned into a language. It has, but I, people speak it. I don't think that's something you want to listen to at night though. If I remember, it sounds like you're trying to Definitely hawk not. something up and you, you're yeah, coughing and not restful. Yeah, not me, pop, 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 pop. And that means, hello, how are you? I love you. You know, 
Yeah, definitely, definitely not Russell. Yeah. It was more like the when you have the five a.m. alarm because you're gonna miss a plane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Okay. I don't know if we can do any more damage, Tim. No, uh, we'll have to wait till next week for Phil to come in and finish finish throwing the wrecking ball through our podcast. There we go. So, uh, if you, if you want to find Phil Pinsky, you can find Phil Pinsky on a business trip somewhere. Yeah, he's not Actually, here. You can't, can't help. You can't you. find yeah. Phil Pinsky. He's gone. He's, yeah. Does he have a Does he have a website? Uh, what is this like? He says one every week, but I don't remember the name it's of it. Like so. uh, brass um, shoes or something. Iron soles. Yeah, it's like oh, iron and soul. Yeah, fillet of fish dot com, yeah. and uh, Big Mac <laughs> iron and soul dot com. Wait, does he have another one too though? He's Phil Pinsky on Instagram. Oh yeah, Phil Pinsky, and uh, and he's also P Productions uh, at Reclaimed Audio. He actually pays attention to at Reclaimed Audio on on Twitter now. Oh yeah, supposedly. So if you twit uh-huh. so yeah. twit Phil and ask him where the heck he's at. Yeah, he might he might respond. Yeah. Uh, he's not responding to us anymore, but yeah. I'm not taking it personally. Um, William Lutz can be found at all things. All things William Lutz. <laughs> this is how much I pay attention to the end. I have no idea what he's. All things William Lutz can be found at williamlutz.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks, and uh, you can find me on the interwebs by looking up my name, Tim Sway, or at timsway.net or newperspectivesmusic.com. And uh, oh, thank you to Jason Payne for timsway.net. And, uh, you know, all the other social medias. Yeah, social. And I think that's about it. Socialize us yeah. when you can. So. Don't forget, uh, Patreon is the best way you can help support now two guys. Oh, the absolute right. best way. That's right. That's the other thing he says. Yeah. So it's uh, patreon.com. These, these two guys audio. would love your support and your help. Mm. These two guys, Tim and Bill, love you. Yes, and make sure to specify whom you want to support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you can do that. Oh, and also, if you want to leave us a review so we can read it on the podcast and make sure the podcast is the full length and not this abridged version that you got this week because no one left us a review, <laughs> you can go to you go to the reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and Phil made it real easy for you. There's a link. You click it. It'll open up your iTunes and it'll bring you right to the page to just go and leave a review. And uh, I think we have a couple T-shirts left too up there in yeah. odd sizes. I think a couple two XLs and a medium of our Reclaimed Audio Podcast T-shirts. And for also a link future reference, we're trying to brainstorm. Say, uh, we're trying to brainstorm everybody that's listening for some other kind of reclaimed things that we can have for you to get your hands on. We're still working on that, but look out for that. It might happen. We are. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. Remember? <laughs> okay, I think that'll I think that'll do it. All right, I'm good with that. Um, nice talking to you. All right. Yeah, nice talking to you this week, Bill. Nice and, talking to you, Tim. Um, hey, oh, Tim. We'll see you all around. Tim. Yes. Be good. Yes. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, that's good. We'll leave it there.